Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. Let the games begin. After breezing through the regular season and securing the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, the Packers continue on their quest to the Super Bowl by playing the San Francisco 49ers on Saturday night at Lambeau Field. The Packers dispatched the 49ers 30-28 to in week three of the regular season. Now, can the Packers do it again with the stakes so much higher? Welcome, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel, the stellar Packers reporter for Forbes.com and Conley Media. Good day, my man. How you doing? Good day to you. Did you survive uh, the the souped-up wildcard weekend that we now all get to feast on three days' worth of, you know, Lord football? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple good games and a couple clunkers, but, uh, you know, it's playoffs, so, you know, I was watching, and, you know, the two games are very entertaining. The others, as I said, weren't, weren't worth watching, but you expected that pretty much going in. So I got a question for you. Have yes, you put sir. in your... Have you put in your antifreeze yet for your uh, car trip to Green Bay? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a tad chilly Saturday night at the uh, fo- frozen tundra. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, and you, and you know the perks of, there aren't many perks in what we do, Gary, but one of the perks is we do get to sit in warm press boxes and, and get fed and, 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 and have drinks through the course of the night in something like this. I I just, Gary, it just blows my mind. And maybe because it's, I'm just getting older and things like that, the the folks that can put on six layers of clothes and, you know, two pairs of mittens and three hats and four pairs of socks with their boots and sit outside through this game. I find it absolutely remarkable. And I give them so much credit, Gary, for doing it because not in a million years at this point in my life, would I do that. Yeah, exactly. And I'll credit the uh, Packers slash NFL. Um, I, I was looking at tickets the other day and they seem pretty reasonable. Unlike the uh, ticket prices for the Super Bowl. H- have you had a chance to take a look at those? No, what's a Super Bowl ticket these days? Couple grand, just face. Okay, the cheapest seat in the house, okay? Yeah. Seven thousand dollars. Seven, huh? Wow. <laughs> and and you know, Rob, that's that thing's gonna be packed, you know. Yeah, and Gary, it, and, and we know this, you hear the stories year after year, the, the tickets are gobbled up by corporations, they bring in their executives and their bigwigs and, and things like that. Let's just say in theory, we have, you know, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and probably Gary, half the crowd's not going to care who wins the football game, right? Um, and that's why some of those atmospheres at times can be kind of stale. Yes, at, at yes. Football. Um, where on Saturday night in Lambeau Field, it's going to be, you know, absolute bedlam. And Sunday afternoon uh, slash evening at Arrowhead Stadium, when the Bills come to to Kansas City, that place is going to be pandemonium, right? Um, That's why these games a lot of times actually have more juice than a Super Bowl themselves. I mean, I've, I've talked to a number of the guys, you know, who played in the 31st Super Bowl, for example, through the years, Gary, you know, that's when the Packers beat New England 35 21. Mm-hmm. And they all talk about how the scene in the NFC title game when they beat Carolina on January 12th of 1997, 30 to 13, was 
10 times the environment oh, that yeah. the Super Bowl actually was. You know, they, they went two weeks later uh, down in New Orleans, which is obviously a fantastic football town and city and party town and stuff. But the scene itself, actually, the NFC Championship game in Green Bay to so many of those guys was, was so much more exciting and um, had, had so much more zest than the actual Super Bowl game itself, which has now largely become a corporate event. So it's interesting you bring that up because these next couple of weeks with the Packers having home games at Lambeau field, Gary, I, I think, I think these games from a Packer standpoint will have probably more juice than even a Super Bowl would. Oh, no, no, no doubt about it. I, I can't imagine what Lambeau field is going to be like Saturday night because uh, you know, as I said, from the outset of the season, I think the Packers are, are on a mission and I think their fans are ready to finally, you know, get over the hump and, you know, speaking of getting over the hump, the Packers have been to the NFC Championship game the last two years and uh, lost on both occasions and couldn't get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think it goes without saying that if the Packers are to get over the hump this year, they are going to need Aaron Rodgers being at the top of his game uh, starting Saturday night. And as you have chronicled, uh, that hasn't always been the case in playoffs past. Gary, not even close. You know, since he went 4-0 in the playoffs in 2010, and he pushed his career postseason record at that point in time to 4-1, and um, you know, when they won the Super Bowl in, in the 2010 season, in the, in the 10 years since, Gary, he, he's sub-500 now in the playoffs. He's 7-8. and eight Yeah, isn't that hard to last believe? Yeah, you wouldn't think a, a player of his caliber would be 7 I mean, eight. He's he's eleven and nine, Gary Lifetime, but he started four and one, largely on the strength of the the the, the run in twenty ten where he went went four and zero, and they won the Super Bowl that year. But Gary is as disturbing as the seven and eight is, and and believe me, it's it, it's hard. Everybody knows this. It's hard to win in the playoffs, right? Guys that win seven hundred, you know, have a seven. 100 winning percentage a lot of times in the regular season they drop down to 500 550 600 let's say in the in the playoffs tom brady is the obvious exception gary as we're taping this uh th this is absolutely mind-boggling but he's 35 and 11 lifetime in the playoffs <laughs> yeah that's I not mean, too he's, shabby <laughs> he's won three quarters of his playoff games it's just it's just absolutely remarkable aaron Rodgers is actually more the norm i mean brett Favre was 12 and 10 in the playoffs as a Packer right now, Aaron Rodgers is 11 and nine. So interestingly, Gary, isn't if, that crazy? If Rodgers would split these next two playoff games, let's say they would beat the 49ers and potentially lose to Tampa Bay. And then this was the end of the Aaron Rodgers era. He would leave green Bay with the exact same playoff record that Brett Favre did, which I find fascinating. Yeah, that's mind blowing when you think of it. You yeah. Know? I, only, I mean, how their careers have kind of paralleled each other, you know? You know, and they've been parallel in so many ways too. And we, we could spend a whole podcast on that, but uh, if, if it did wind up working out that way, it, it, it would be like you said, a little bit mind blowing. Uh, obviously Rogers wants more than that. The Packers want more than that. They want things to be different, Gary, but if, if that's going to happen, he's got to step up his game immensely from what we've seen the last several trips to the playoffs, Gary, they, they've been, to four NFC championship games since 2014. Mm -hmm. Seattle in 14, Atlanta in 16, 
2019 at San Francisco. Last year they host Tampa Bay, um, and then and then and then we'll we'll throw in the 2010 one, Gary as well. He's had five trips, Gary, to the NFC Championship game, and and he's been borderline abysmal in all of them. Um, his passer rating in 2010 when they beat the Bears, the, his one win, Gary, in an NFC title game, his passer rating was 55. You know Four what, years Rob? later, they go out to – yes, sir. No, I, I was going to say I actually knew that, and the reason I knew that was I read your fine story at, at Forbes.com, so – Sorry oh. to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm I, I appreciate that. I'm getting our listeners up to speed. Um, yeah. 2014, Gary, they go to Seattle. And again, we can point to 10 different plot parts of that game in, in terms of why they lost that day to Seattle, 28-22 in overtime. Whether you want to blame Mike McCarthy or Brandon Bostick or Julius Peppers for uh, telling ha-ha Clinton Dix to fall down or, or whatever. But Aaron Rodgers deserves a huge part of the blame. He wasn't good that day. He was terrified of, of Richard Sherman on one side of the field. And his passer rating that day, Gary, was 55. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2016, they go to Atlanta. Now, now I will say this. He, he was playing uh, with, with, with kind of a short deck and some house money that year. You remember that was the, the year where they were four and six. And, and it was the run the table year, and they did. And they made it all the way to uh, the NFC title game in Atlanta. But, Gary, a trip to the Super Bowl was at stake. And before Green Bay scored a point that day, Gary, they were down 31 to nothing. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers and the offense did absolutely nothing for more than a half. Exact same story three years later, Gary, when they go to San Francisco in 2019. Before they scored a point, Gary, on offense, you know, an offense led by the highest paid player most of these years in football, they're down 27 to nothing. You don't come back from 31 nothing against the Falcons. You don't come back from 27 nothing against the 49ers. The start of those games, Gary, the first half, the first 35 minutes, 40 minutes of those football games, Aaron Rodgers was not good, and he put his team in a big hole. Now his final stats on paper – to anyone that's going to want to fight with me. And there's a lot of people that like to fight with me because they don't want to hear this about their superhero, Gary. Um, <laughs> Hard to piled up, he piles up garbage yards and garbage touchdowns late in, the, late in a couple of those games. And his final stats don't look so dreadful. Um, but Gary, I think his passer rating at halftime of that Falcons game was around 60. And his passer rating at halftime of that 49ers game in, in 19 was around 50. So we're, yeah. we're, we're talking about a guy when, when that game was largely being decided who just didn't Gary, he didn't even come close to his a game. He brought his D or his F game and, yeah. and then go to last year in, in, in 2020 against Tom Brady, Gary and the bucks, they fall behind 28 to 10, right? Again, he's down three scores before the offense kicks it up a notch. Was that all his fault? No, Aaron Jones, with a big fumble that led to a touchdown. Kevin King gets burned right before halftime. The defense isn't very good, et cetera, et cetera. But Gary, they weren't doing anything on offense either until later on in that game. And then once the offense did get rolling a little bit, Gary, and they got within 31-23, and they drive down to the eight-yard line, two minutes to go, roughly 2.15 in the game. They got a third and goal at the eight. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Nadamakan Sue on a sprint to the end zone. And if yep. Rodgers can tuck that ball, Gary, and get to the goal line, it's 31-29, and now we're talking about going for two, 
And instead, you know, whether you want to just call that decision a mistake, whether you want to call it a bad judgment, or whether you want to go as far as calling it cowardly, which is what I would do, Gary, he chose not to take on Sue, and he threw into a double team, almost a triple team for Devontae Adams, a ball that probably had about a 15% chance of being caught. Rob, you're bringing and, back some bad memories for Packer Nation. Right. <laughs> and my point with all this, Gary, and I, and I hate to belabor it, is that they need Aaron Rodgers here in the biggest moment of his football life, Gary, you know, since that 2010 Super Bowl, to crank it up, to have his A game, to be an MVP, Gary, because we've gotten to the postseason here time and time again. I mean, I, I could go on. 2011, yeah. they go 15 and 1, Gary, and he, and he lays an egg against the Giants. 2012 and 13, the 49ers beat the Packers, and Kaepernick outplays them in both games. He cannot be outplayed at this juncture of the season anymore by the opposing quarterback. Now, I don't think he's going to on Saturday night against Jimmy Garoppolo because that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the greater fear comes the, the, a week later when in all likelihood, Gary, you're going to see Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers come to Lambeau Field. My point in all this, though, Gary, is Aaron Rodgers has to play outstanding football uh, for this team to advance, not just Saturday night, Gary. He's got to have the game of all games in a week and a half if it's, if it's Green Bay and Tampa Bay because you watch Tampa Bay again on, on Sunday. I watched them closely. Gary, that, that is an unbelievably fine-tuned, perfected football team. It's, that, that team is put together so perfectly at almost every level, and I know they're down a couple of wide receivers, Gary, but they have depth. They have great tight ends, and they have, they have ridiculous depth at the running back group. Tom Brady will find a way to score 30 plus points. He does every single time he needs to Gary. The only way green Bay goes to a super bowl Gary is if, if, if Rogers plays like he did in the 2010 postseason minus that bears game, you remember that postseason, you know, he was really good against the Eagles. He absolutely killed the Falcons on a Saturday night um, and had the game of all games. And he was sensational against Pittsburgh in the 45th Super Bowl, Gary, uh, where he won MVP honors. He has to play like that again for this team to have any chance of going to and then potentially winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all your points. I mean, they're all factual. And I think Rodgers is keenly aware of his, you know, suspect play in the playoffs. But for whatever reason, Rob, and I totally agree with every point you made, I just have a different vibe about Rodgers this year. It, it seems like he's more focused, more driven, whatever you want to say about it. But I, I fully expect him to have a big game uh, Saturday night and, and going forward. I, I think he's in a stretch of his career where he's playing about as high, the high level as, as he ever has. So, so we'll see, but uh you know, that, that certainly is uh, the, the key for the Packers. But another matchup I, I wanted to touch upon a little bit is the coaching matchup. And, uh, you know, obviously the Packers have uh, Matt LaFleur, LaFleur and uh, the 49ers have Kyle Shanahan. And that, to me, they're like two of the best coaches, period. Even though they're young, they're what, both 38, I think, somewhere in that ballpark. And yeah, LaFleur's uh, in his early 40s, Gary. I want to say he's 42, maybe. Yeah. 43. 
Yeah, I, you're you're right. Also, you're right. Look, I mean, I'll take that back. They're both forty-two. Yeah, uh, you're thinking of McVeigh, who's in his late thirties, who comes from yeah. that kind of that that same tree. Um, you know that 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 group that was all kind of cut their teeth together at, at various stops along the way. I'll tell you what, Kyle Shanahan is on the fast track to aging like Mike Sherman, though, isn't he? Boy, he. <laughs> he's, he's got he's got he's got the Jimmy Carter agent. Now that's an interesting line. Right I, I'm sorry, Kyle. Kyle hands up. You know, for, if he is 42, I haven't looked up his age, Gary. He he's going on 62 in a hurry. Boy, is he is he aging quickly? Well, you know what? I, I'm a big Shanahan fan. I I always uh, admired his father, of course, who who was a great coach. But but what uh, seals the deal with me for Shanahan? His birthday is December 14th. And guess whose birthday is December 14th? I'm going to guess Dr. Wolfels. There, there you go. You win today's grand prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I, th- I think they're both really, really good coaches. And I am very curious to see what kind of game plans they draw up because, I mean, the, the, their playbook must be like, you know, 8,000 8, pages. But uh, it, it should be a, a fun matchup between uh, those two coaches. No doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about two of the best play callers in the league, undoubtedly. I, Gary, I think Kyle Shanahan is so remarkably creative. You, you've watched this season what he's done with Debo Samuel, for example. Yes. And turned him into a running back slash wide receiver. You know, just, just a, a multi-purpose um, a, a weapon that – that he uses and employs all over the field. He understands their strengths. He plays to their strengths. It might not always be sexy, but their strength right now is is a dominant ground game, an outstanding offensive line, and and to pound away at you with running backs and and then hit you with some play action stuff. Because Gary, I mean, I'll write this later in the week, but the biggest difference between this San Francisco team and the one a couple years ago that beat Green Bay in the 2019 NFC title game is they are far more dynamic in the passing game in terms of their, their weapons. Yes. Uh, Debo Samuel has grown up. They drafted Brandon Ayuk in the first round and, and he's turning in you know, to, to a really nice player. They actually, they actually have some depth at wide receiver and then they have one of the better tight ends in the league and Kittle. So they mm-hmm. can hurt you in, in, in that area. And Shanahan has, has done that. Gary, the biggest question with them, though, is clearly going to stem back and, 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 and always circle back to the quarterback. Can Jimmy Garoppolo get it done? Um, they drafted Trey Lance third overall in this, last, in, in this last draft here in April of 2020, or sorry, 2021, to, to replace Garoppolo. A lot of people thought it would be done by midseason, Gary. And mm-hmm. Garoppolo just yes. found a way to keep holding him off and holding him off and, 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 and played for the most part pretty good football uh, 20 touchdowns 12 picks Gary you know a, a, a decent passer rating but Gary the one thing with Garoppolo is there's always one or two throws a game almost like Brett Favre used to do Gary where where he just gives the opponent a chance yes to, to, make, to, to make a play he puts a ball it's a, a boneheaded decision at some point in time he's gonna throw a ball to the wrong colored jersey um, everybody was waiting for it on Sunday as the 49ers seemed in control of that game against Dallas. And finally, midway through the fourth quarter, what did he do, Gary? Threw it to the wrong team and right to him. Um, that, it, it was that, a horrible nice. decision. Horrible. Just yeah. awful. 
just awful. So mil- milking what I think a 13 point lead at yeah. the time. I think it was 23 10 maybe when he when when he threw it to the wrong color team. The discrepancy in quarterback play here Saturday night should be immense. And not only is Garoppolo, I, I think, a mediocre at best quarterback in this league. Now he's battling a couple injuries. He's got the thumb on his throwing hand. They're talking about, you know, a potentially slightly sprained shoulder injury that he's dealing with. Um, you know, Gary, a lot of people over the last month or six weeks kept talking and saying, boy, you know, the, the, does it really behoove the Packers to get home field? You know, last year they had home field and it didn't work out. Maybe they're better off just continuing to play and going on the road. And, and obviously I, I think that's nonsense, but you saw Sunday watch and, and Saturday and Sunday watching the games around the league, Gary, where everybody was losing somebody, uh, a, a key member of their team, you know, in San Francisco, for example, you know, Bosa, the, the dynamic pass rusher with 15 and a half sacks gets a concussion. Fred Warner, one of the best five inside linebackers in football, tweaks an ankle. Um, I think both of those guys, Gary, are going to be questionable for, for this week. Garoppolo gets beat up in that football game. You, you, you put on Tampa Bay and Philly, and, and, and Tampa is losing offensive linemen um, yeah. and, and getting their depth picked at there. They, they lose Wurfs, and, and Jensen, the center, goes down. He came back in that game. But, um, you know, Gary and, and Green Bay is sitting around you know, drinking pina coladas, getting foot rubs, and uh, getting ready for, life. for Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a wonderful weekend for uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and those guys, right? Oh, um, absolutely. So, Gary, all of this worked out extremely well for, for Green Bay. They they sat around, they got healthy, they, they rested. Uh, they're going to get key guys back. San Francisco got dinged, they got nicked up. Gary, I still think this is a really tough, it's a really tricky matchup for the Packers, just because what the 49ers do well, which is control the lines of scrimmage, uh, try to dominate on the ground. And then on the flip side, they'll rush with four Gary and drop seven. And the thing with them is they can get home with four uh, in, in, in the rush game on, on defense. Those are, those are tricky matchups for anybody. And they're certainly tricky matchups, Gary, for green Bay, because the Packers number one, don't stop the run very well. And then number two, you did see last year, what happened, in the NFC title game when Tampa rushed with four all day, got home, had consistent pressure on Rodgers, and took away so many of the things the Packers wanted to do vertically and downfield in that game uh, against the Buccaneers. So Gary, I, I do think it's a tough matchup, but you know, coming back to the coaches and the quarterback play, I just think at the end of the day, the gap between Rodgers and Garoppolo is, is really, really large. And I, and, and I think without question, that's going to be, the thing that ends up determining the winner on, on Saturday night. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I concur, you know, uh, just getting back to Shanahan for a minute to me, he's the classic example why NFL owners and, and GM shouldn't overreact to a coach that, that starts out poorly. And uh, do you know what Shanahan's record was in his first two years in San Francisco? Oh, I want to take a stab at this. I mean, he, it wasn't very good. Put it that way. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with 12 and 20 Gary. Very, very good. 10 and 22. Okay. Now, now can you imagine half the owners, half the jams around the league? They would have canned yeah. them, you know, they, they would have said, yeah. well, then of course the following year, they went 13 and three. So, um, you know, some of these guys just got to be a little patient and, uh, 
you know, bide their time and let these coaches, uh, you know, implement their style of play and, of course, uh, accruing talent. So the key to him, Gary, as much as anything, was getting, you know, was that Garoppolo trade because while Garoppolo is largely a game manager, uh, Gary, he, he does for the most part manage it pretty well. He, he can make the throws you want him to make. They, they, they were in quarterback nightmare and disaster in 17 and 18 when, when Shanahan first showed up. And then they made that trade for Garoppolo with, with New England. And, God, I want to say right away, didn't, didn't Garoppolo win about his first eight or nine starts You know, with, with the 49ers? It was something like that. Yeah, he got off to a very good start, yeah. Because they were in the middle, you remember then, of, of, of that run of top five draft picks, and they were accumulating all this talent. A lot of this talent you'll still see Saturday night. Uh, which is that, you know, they are really good on, on both sides of the football. Um, do they have the quarterback solved? We'll find out. I mean, that they, 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 they don't long-term obviously with Garoppolo is, is it, is it good enough to win in Lambeau on, on, on Saturday night? I don't think so, Gary, but um, they, they, they definitely have a puncher's chance because the rest of that roster is every bit as good as green Bay's. Oh, Absolutely. You know, we, we could probably talk for hours about matchups uh, for Saturday night's games, but to me, the most important matchup, hands down, is how the Packers game plan uh, Debo Samuel. To me, he is if he if he's not the best player right now in football, he, he's right up there. I mean, he was a uh, All Pro selection and justifiably so, and that the guy is obviously a very good receiver, but what makes him an exceptional receiver in my mind is his after catch ability. And Rob, I mean, he, he catches the ball and some of these DBs come up and don't wrap him up. And the next thing you know, it's a 25, 30 yard gain. And uh, I, I think if I'm Stokes and uh, Savage and Amos and all those guys, they better come to play and wrap this guy up because they, they can't let him go wild. Gary Shanahan said about a year or two ago, Samuel could be an all pro running back and he's turned him in to, to just an all, to an all pro football player is what he's done. You know, the, sure. the, 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 the guy, the guy is an elite wide receiver and Gary running out of the backfield this season, he had eight rushing touchdowns, wow. eight rushing touchdowns. Think yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, and he'll team up there with this Elijah Mitchell, the kid they took in the sixth round who's ever, Averaging 90 yards a game on the ground, Gary. Um, just a, a terrific young running back. I think he was third or fourth among rookies in rush yards this year. You, he had almost 100 on Sunday against the Cowboys. He would have he would he finished just shy of a thousand yards, Gary, in the regular season. Mitchell, that is, and he would have easily crossed it. But he only played in 11 games. Um, mm. So now you combine him and Samuel, um, kind of as as a two-headed monster in the backfield, running the ball, Gary, behind an elite level offensive line. And that is job one for green Bay. Cause we all flash back to, to 2019 pretty quickly, Gary. I mean, it, it is fascinating the way this is setting up Gary that for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to make the super bowl in all likelihood, they're going to have to beat the two teams that knocked them out of the last two NFC championship games. Right. Good, good point. Yep. San Francisco yep. at 19, Tampa Bay and 20, all roads are leading to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but, but specifically, to San Francisco, Gary, you, you think back to 2019 and I mean, a running back, almost nobody had heard of named Raheem Mostert goes yes. for 200, 
two and a quarter and four touchdowns that game. The 49ers run for almost 300 yards. It was 285 that day, Gary, out, out in San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco that day, Gary, ran 50 offensive plays, okay? 42 were running the football. I mean, that's that that that's like Muskego High School football. That's like <laughs> Wisconsin football against Northern Illinois where yeah. they – they screw it. We're just not throwing the ball today. We're going to jam it down your face. And there was nothing that Mike Pettin and his group could do about it. That's been a major sore point inside Lambeau Field, inside 1265 Lombardi for the last two years, Gary, because when a team, when you know every single play, what a team is going to do, and they still go ahead and do it, that, that cuts into your manhood. I mean, that, that is a punch in the gut, a punch in the head. And, and Green Bay had no answers that day and could not stop the 49ers on the ground. There's no question San Francisco is going to come out and try to do largely the same thing, I think, Saturday night. You know what, Rob? I think the Packers are, are better equipped. Uh, number one, I think Kenny Clark has really evolved into a great defensive tackle. And Devondre Campbell was given the last game off, and he's had a chance to rest up. And uh, as we all know, Campbell was recently selected to the All-Pro team. By the way, Rob, help me out in this. He gets selected to the All-Pro team, but he can't make the Pro Bowl? (laughs) Gary, it's just like I said to you and Leroy Butler last week on the podcast we all did together, which was so much fun. Um, All-Pro is really all that matters. These, these These Pro Bowl things are nonsense. And, and one of the things that has, has hurt Butler is, I mean, the Pro Bowl is largely a popularity contest. And, and that's where guys like John Lynch wound up, you know, having more Pro Bowl trips than Leroy Butler did, where all pro, which are voted on, you know, by writers and scouts and, and people that, let, let's be honest, pay far closer attention to the league than, than the guy who, who from eight to five goes to his office job, Gary, um, has far more credibility. So that, that, I, I just that found it amusing. No. And, and you know what, but, but good for him, Gary, for, for getting all pro because he did deserve it. He was completely snubbed when it came to the pro bowl voting. And again, fans just don't know who he is. Right. Sure. Um, he had a monster year. He had a kind of a breakout season, but it, but, but he still largely flies under the radar. He's an unknown football player to, you know, half of America. He's not to the all pro voters. So, you know, kudos to him. Um, you know, back to the run game for a second, Gary, I, I am with you. I, I do think they're better equipped to go ahead and stop the run. One of the big mistakes Mike Pett made two years ago, Gary, is he kept playing the run with seven guys for, for three quarters of that football yeah. game. It wasn't until the fourth quarter he sold out and brought an eighth man into the box and went to a jumbo defensive front, which were huge mistakes. Now, the thing that's concerning, Gary, is if Green Bay sells out to take away Mitchell and Samuel in the run game, like we touched on earlier, there are a lot of ways now, more ways than two years ago, that San Francisco can hurt you in the pass game. Ayuk mm-hmm. um, is a ascending player. Kittle is outstanding. Debo can hurt you in the pass game. They have some wide receiver depth. Um, and Shanahan's as creative as it gets, Gary. Um, as much motion – and pre-stat movement, as you see out of Green Bay, which is enormous, Matt LaFleur is outstanding at it. Kyle Shanahan might even be better, Gary. One of the big phrases or things you will hear this week is just eye discipline, right? 
the, these guys have to kind of keep their eye on their assignment and, and not worry about all this junk and nonsense and movement and motion going on, Gary, before the ball is snapped. Um, because you will see a ton of that come Saturday night with the 49ers. You see a lot of it too with Green Bay. But San Francisco's outstanding at it, Gary. Um, it, 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 it starts to play games with your head mentally where's so-and-so going what is this play you know i think it's this play but now maybe it's this play um it it becomes tricky with as much movement as shanahan can throw at people and the 49ers can so green bay's got to be extremely disciplined but gary i i would think you know at least to start that football game they sell out to take away the run uh they make garoppolo try to beat them and if garoppolo beats them so be it but i think i I totally agree i think they're gonna say Right away, Gary, they're not going to have a rerun of the 2019 NFC Championship game where most starts in the 49ers ran at will against them. Yeah. You know, the uh, the other matchup, uh, I think it's imperative that the Packers come out of winning it or at least having a draw. And that's defending, as you mentioned, uh, George Kittle. I mean, he, it goes without saying again that he's one of the uh, premier tight ends in the league, but what has to be disconcerting to the Packers is they've had trouble all season defending the tight end. I mean, you obviously remember what Andrews did, you know, in the uh, Baltimore game and and Kittle's as good or maybe even better. So they, they got to neutralize him. And uh, to me, Darnell Savage has to show up In, in some of those games. He didn't show up. And, uh, you know, if he shows up on uh, Saturday night, I-, I think the Packers will be just fine. If he struggles like he did in some of those other games against tight ends, I think the uh, Packers could be in trouble. 71 catches over 900 yards and six touchdowns for Kittle, Gary. And that's only in 14 games. Yeah. So we're, we're talking we're talking five catches a game. You know, we're, we're talking – 65 yards a game and and we're talking a touchdown every other game the guy's a dynamic weapon he, he's got strength power speed he's got everything you want in that position um you hit the you hit the nail right smack on the head gear savage has been very up and down this season i i expected him to take a huge step kind of be an ascending player probably be a pro bowl player here in his third season that hasn't been the case i i think for whatever reason he, he's kind of leveled off I, I don't know exactly what, what the plan is and how they'll they'll try to take away Kittle in a perfect world. You know, in a perfect world, that is savage. But, but Gary, they're going to have some really unique options with, with how they want to play some things in, in this game. I, I fully expect Jair Alexander to be back. Um, whether he can play more than, let's say, 35, 40 snaps is, is, is a question. We'll find out as, as the week progresses here, Gary, and as we get to, we get to Saturday night. But I would expect him to line up inside and kind of play what they call their star position, Gary. It's, it's mm-hmm. the inside, the nickel corner, the slot corner. As good as Stokes and as good as Douglas have been outside, I, I just don't envision one of those guys going inside for this football game um, and really for this playoff run. Alexander kind of has more the the the, the physical dimensions yes. you would look yep. for in a slot corner. Now he's been unbelievably good on the outside. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he's kind of a smaller, quicker, undersized guy that can go inside. Would, would they possibly take 
Alexander and line him up with, with Kittle. That, that could be an option working, you know, working from inside or even following Kittle. Um, I, I don't know, Gary, they could bring some linebacker help with, with Savage, give Savage some help with with a linebacker potentially against Kittle. But again, keep in mind, they're, they're going to have, they're going to have eight, I think largely devoted to take away the run game at times too. So there could be some one-on-one matchups for Kittle and, and not just Kittle Gary. I mean, the, this Kyle, you I think that's how you say his last yeah, name yeah. is crazy. dangerous out of the backfield, catching the ball too. They're, they're pro bowl fullback. I mean, he he's got 30 some odd catches and 300 plus receiving yards. He he's a damn good weapon in the past game too. So they can hurt you Gary from a lot of spots on the football field. And, and, and it, and they're going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups if Green Bay is t- totally committed to taking away the run. And then it's just going to come down to how well do the Packer corners and safeties hold up in some of that coverage. Yeah. You know, one player I wanted to touch on briefly is uh, 49ers safety Jimmy Ward. And uh, Jimmy Ward was born in Racine, and then his family moved uh, south uh, a few years later. But He's a really good, solid safety, not splashy, but he's very effective. And I, I, I thought this was interesting, Rob. You, you'll appreciate this. Going back to the 2014 draft, right? The Packers were looking for a safety, and they had the 21st overall pick, and they took the infamous Haha Clinton Dix, right? <laughs> Nine picks later, the 49ers took Jimmy Ward. Who has been just? Yeah, I, I, I remember he was a late one, Gary. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, God, God rest uh, Ted Thompson. But uh, he atoned for his first round mistake by taking a guy named uh, Devonte Adams in the second round. So I, I think that helped out. <laughs> if, if I remember that well enough, and 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 I'm a draft nut like you are, what one of the things that that hurt Ward coming out was you know he was northern illinois wasn't he yes uh-huh. just just that small school deal and correct correct haha was alabama and um you know there's always that question with level of competition and and now, now I, I i could be wrong i don't think ward's ever played in a pro bowl i don't think he's ever been an all pro player but he's been a really steady solid starter for six eight, mm-hmm. eight whatever it is seven eight years now uh, in this league, a, a guy who got a second contract clearly in San Francisco, a, a guy you feel extremely comfortable running the back end of your uh, of your defense. He's he's been a really good player for them for the for the better part of a decade. And like you mentioned, Haha flamed out in Green Bay and and was eventually traded there in that in that 2018 season. But uh, no, I'm sure if Ted would go back, and all these GMs are just like that, Gary. Um, and 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 they could they could redo some things. They would. They would they would happily do them. I remember though, I, I liked Ward a lot that year coming out of Northern Illinois. But that that was always one of the dings yeah. on him was you know yep. small school kid. Can he get it done at the next level? Yeah, a couple other uh, tidbits on that 2014 draft. After the Packers took Adams, who was the 53rd overall pick, okay. nine picks later, the New England Patriots took Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, outstanding. <laughs> oh, 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 and then, yeah. and then one last thing on that draft, five picks after Garoppolo was picked, Miami took so Billy pick six Turner. Seven. <laughs> Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, draft. 
that 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 was a heck of a draft. Yeah. So so a lot of a lot of key players in uh, Saturday night's game came out of this draft, of course. So yeah, anyways, that's, that's um, very interesting. I love it. Rob, before we uh, call it a day, let's go through our predictions uh, for the uh, four remaining yeah. playoff games. And um, let's start out with Cincinnati at Tennessee. Tennessee is favored by three points. Um, I can see the Bengals upsetting the Titans, but I think their lack of experience is going to catch up with them. I like Cincinnati, Gary. First, uh, I think it's their first trip to a conference title game since 1988, and uh, we're going to watch it unfold. I think the next great star in this league is Joe Burrow. Yep. You know, we talk so much on this podcast, and largely because he's in the division, about the ridiculousness of, of Justin Jefferson as a dynamic standout stud, young wide receiver in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamar Chase is every bit as good, Gary. Yep. Can, can you even fathom that at one point in time, those two were teammates together <laughs> at LSU? I, yeah. You know what I was thinking too, Rob, I would like to know who the recruiting recruiting coordinator was for LSU. <laughs> oh my god i mean he brought in some incredible talent i mean just just ludicrous right i mean yeah. but uh no i gary you know they're gonna tennessee's gonna try to break derrick henry back into this game um he's been off what 10 weeks let's call it he's a monster there's no question he's a stud but that's a long layoff and and i just wonder how they're gonna you know how what kind of what kind of rhythm and, and, and sync they will have offensively early in that game? Because I think Cincinnati's going to have plenty of it, Gary. They, they've got nothing to lose. They're going on the road yep. playing now with house money. No, no, everybody picked them for fourth in that division. Everybody thought they were another year or two away. Burrow coming off the ACL that he, that he suffered in 2020. Nobody thought he'd be this good again this quick in 2021. I mean, Gary – we've talked a ton on this show about who's MVP, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Joe Burrow's probably going to wind up third in that, in that whole thing, the way, the Mm -hmm. way he closed the season and the way, the way Cincinnati came out of nowhere, won that division. And um, you know, and now they obviously beat the Raiders last week in the playoffs. Um, It was their first playoff win Gary in 31 years. This will be their potentially their, their first trip to a conference championship game since, since 1988. I haven't bought Tennessee all year, Gary, much like I wasn't buying Arizona, even when they were seven and or whatever they were just to start the season. I'm not a big Tennessee guy. I think Cincinnati goes there and wins and, and whoever wins the Kansas city Buffalo game, Gary is, is the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Interesting. You know, uh, when I, when I was watching the game uh, with Cincinnati the other day and I saw Chase and I saw Burrow, Rob, I said, could these two, become this era's Montana and Rice. I, I, yeah. I think I think they got a chance to be big time for the next 10 years. That's a great call, Gary. You're spot on with it. And and the numbers they will accumulate, Gary, will will blow. Well maybe not Rice because he played so long and he was so unique. Yeah. But but they certainly Burrow will surpass the numbers Montana put up just because the way the league has evolved, the fact that it is such a pass first league today and, and, and defenders are so handcuffed in terms of what they can and can't do. Um, I think that's a great call, Gary. Um, 
And it's fascinating that it, when, when you think about it and you point that out, who are two of the 49ers Super Bowl wins against, right? Yeah. It's the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. And here, here, here could be your, your next uh, Montana and Rice sitting right there right now in, in Cincinnati. No, the, the needle is pointing upward for that football team, no matter, no matter what happens, I would say, uh, Saturday afternoon in, in, in that first divisional playoff game. But I do like them, Gary, to go in there and steal one at Tennessee. You know, I'm kind of pulling for the Bengals because uh, I've become a favorite of their coach, uh, Zach Taylor. And I don't know if you heard this or not, Rob, but after their win over the weekend, he went to a nearby bar, a very popular bar near the stadium, and he went in and thanked the fans. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Matt LaFleur or Bill Belichick doing something like that? I, I, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was outstanding. Gary, I've always said there is nothing better in sports than when very little is expected from a team and a team is on the way up and then they achieve that success for the first time, right? Yeah. Like right yeah. now today in Green Bay, everybody's spoiled, right? Anything shy of a Super Bowl is a disappointment. Yep. Anything shy of a Super Bowl in Kansas City this year is a disappointment. Anything shy of a Super Bowl for Tom Brady is a disappointment. But but part of this journey in winning these playoff games when you you haven't won in a city in three decades is so remarkable. So I hadn't actually heard that story, Gary. I love it. It's 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 absolutely outstanding. It's it's one of the things that makes sports so fun is when when teams kind of come out of nowhere and are on the rise and on the way up and then you get those magical moments along the way and then you bring the fan base into it as well. That that that's a cool story with Taylor. Okay, and the other uh, AFC game, you have Buffalo at Kansas City. The Chiefs are favored by two and a half points. Um, right now, the Chiefs offense is clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they look like the Chiefs that we've known and loved for the last couple of years. And, and you know, we were talking about Shanahan and uh, Matt LaFleur about what brilliant offense the coordinators or minds they are. But I'll tell you what. Andy Reid is just incredible. He and Eric Bieniemy, I mean, they draw plays that Rob, you and I used to draw up when we were kids in our backyard, and say, you know, you run down to the uh, pine tree, run around the pine tree, and then catch the ball. Uh, they, they they do some just exotic things in offense, but and I just can't see as good as Buffalo is beating them. I will say this, Gary, Buffalo had the ball seven times the other day against New England. Did you know how many touchdowns they scored? Yeah, I know. They came out firing. No, no, seven. No. Was it seven, seven all seven? Yeah. Seven for seven against a Bill Belichick defense. I mean, that I, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard that. And it it probably is a first. I didn't I didn't check that statistically, but I can't imagine a Belichick defense that never got a stop, right? Yeah, yeah. Gary in a football game. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling. Buffalo went in there and beat them early in the season. I know it was like week three or four, Gary, and, and they beat them handily. I think it was like 38-20. Um, Kansas City was not playing the kind of offense then that they are today. The, Mahomes was looking for – he was out of sync with his people. Like you just pointed out, they're, they're in incredible sync right now. I mean, even Kelsey threw a touchdown pass. Yeah. The other day, working working on a wildcat wasn't that wasn't that fun? Um, yeah, I mean, how many coaches man, do that? Rob? Everybody in motion to the right, Gary, and 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 they'll, they'll they'll slip a running back up the middle for a touchdown. I mean, the like you just like you just pointed out the 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 creativity uh, that Andy Reid and, and his people possess is is just mind blowing. And he's got 
He's got arguably, you know, the best pure physical talent in the history of the league playing quarterback. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know that we've ever seen anybody who can do some of the things Patrick Mahomes does throwing the football, eluding pressure, um, things to that effect. He can, he can kill you with his arms and his legs. Gary, I, I think it's going to take 40 to win this football game. Josh Allen is unbelievable too in Buffalo. Um, I'm telling you what he is. I, I We just mentioned Joe Burrow um, as, as maybe the next great star in, in this league. Allen's right there too. When, when you talk about the next guard, I mean, I, I think the old guard right now is, is clearly the Brady and Rogers. Mahomes is kind of already established. And then, you know, you're talking, you're talking Burrow and Allen and it's kind of leading the charge of, of that next generation. Um, Allen is unbelievable. Gary himself too, you know, just built like a truck, a physical specimen, yeah. uh, throws, the ball, throws the ball like Brett Favre did in, in terms of arm strength, uh, has improved his accuracy dramatically um, over the last, you know, two or three years here as he's, as he's broken onto the scene. He can kill you with his legs. I mean, he's been their leading rusher, Gary, the last two years. I, I, I'm with you. I think it's Kansas City, but I'm going to say, Gary, it's going to be something crazy like 42-40. It's going to yeah. be a crazy game. Yeah, I think that'll be you know an entertaining game to uh, say the least. I would say that's the AFC Championship. Game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I know it's only a divisional game, but I but I would argue the winner of Kansas City Buffalo uh, represents the AFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't uh, disagree with that. Uh, let's move over to the NFC where uh, the Los Angeles Rams will be taking on your team. I, I think you are the president of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, you know you know, you know what, Rob? I smell an upset. <laughs> I, I know it's sacrilegious to go against uh, the GOAT. And uh, nine out of 10 times or 99 out of 100, I wouldn't go against the GOAT. But I just have this feeling that uh, the Rams ha- have, have come together, especially after their victory the other night. And uh, they're, they're, those defense additions they made, Von Miller in particular, were outstanding. And um, Tampa Bay's got some injuries. And, and, and the thing to me, and I know Tom Brady is, is one with, you know, fewer players that are as good as Chris Godwin and, and, and Antonio Brown. But to me, Godwin and Brown, I mean, those are two big-time receivers. And uh, I, I think it's going to come into play. I, the bottom line to me in this game, though, is is Matthew Stafford. If Stafford shows up and plays at a high level, Rob, I, I, I smell an upset. I don't know where you got your nose, Gary. I don't know <laughs> <where> you, <laughs> you know what? I did have a sinus infection last week. So. <laughs> uh, I'm smelling something completely different, my friend. <laughs> yeah. You, okay. Like I said. Gary, you, Gary, you know what? As I watch Tampa Bay – play Philadelphia last week. And I, I know it was the Eagles. I, I know it's not a Super Bowl quality level caliber team. Yeah. I was just reminded though, how dynamic and how good that Tampa Bay defense is at every level. Gary, they were beat up during the regular season. I don't think they maybe played as hard or at the same level. Um, because let's be honest, the, the, this thing is a marathon. It, it's not a sprint. Nobody mm-hmm. remembers now anymore what happened in September. And nobody remembers October 10th, do they? 
all that we're going to remember from this season when it comes to Green Bay, to Tampa, to Kansas City, to Buffalo, people like that, Gary, is what happens now in, in January. But, Gary, that Tampa Bay defense looked identical to that one that chased Patrick Mahomes around the field and beat the nonsense out of him last year in the Super Bowl in that 31-9 to win. I mean, they are so fast, Gary, at every single level. Those linebackers are healthy again now. Um, Gary, they're, people forget this. Last year, Gary, when they came to Green Bay, they didn't have Vita Vea, you know, the nose tackle. Yeah, right, He's back. Right. So they've, got, they've got the outside pass rushers who are sensational. They've got the, the, the best pair of inside linebackers I think the league has seen in 20 years. They're good enough in the secondary. They're not great, but they're good enough. I, the I think they're. I think their secondary is very average. I really do. It, well, it, Gary, keep this in mind though too. When they came to Green Bay last year for the NFC Championship yeah. game, and and people all talk, people all want to talk about David Bakhtiari missing that football game for Green Bay. Gary, they were down Vita Vea and both starting safeties, and yes. they and yeah. they still came to Green Bay and won the football game. They will have both starting safeties. If, 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 this, if their safeties can get through this Rams game, they will have their preferred starting safeties the next time they would come back to Lambeau Field. So, no, Gary, I, I know things are different for them on offense now, and we've talked about this before. They, they, they've, had to, they've had to change things up. Instead of being as vertical as they wanted to be with, with Godwin, Brown, and Evans, all they're left with now is Mike Evans. You know, Godwin with the ACL, Antonio Brown with, with, with the – whatever, let's call it the mental midgetness, the, 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 the craziness of, yeah, of that yeah. human being now being, now being out of the league. But Gary, I mean, you saw it again on Sunday against, against Philly. They have three really good tight ends, including the greatest tight end probably of all time, right? Yep. With Gronk. Um, they, they've, they've got plenty of running backs, and they're going to get healthier here. Fournette and Jones are both coming back. They did it last week with somebody named Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, that, that, that um, was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. It really was. And, and, and Gary, here's a stat I'm going to throw at you, okay? I mentioned before Tom Brady's career postseason record is 35-11, and 11, right? Yeah. Do you know how many franchises, not quarterbacks, Gary, franchises have more playoff wins than 35 in the history of this unbelievable, glorious league? How many more teams have had? More than 35 wins in the playoffs. (laughs) I'm going to say it's less than a handful. So what what number is that? Hey, I'm in the ballpark, baby. I'll say three. I'll say three. You got it. Nice call. (laughs) So so Gary, Gary, think about this for a second, though. So I'm going to go through it real quick with you. That that, that is 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 stunning, though, Rob. You know, getting back to your point. Stunning. New, New England, Gary, is first with 37. Yeah. Pittsburgh and Green Bay are tied for second with 36. And Tom Brady is wow. then by himself with 35. So, Gary, if Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, he's at 38. He could pass every one of those teams <laughs> along the way. He, he would pass every one of those teams. By the end of this postseason, Gary, Tom Brady could have more playoff wins than any franchise in this league. It's absolutely remarkable. <laughs> that is surreal. That 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 might be the stat of the day, week, and month. That, that's so unbelievable. Not a, unbelievable. Not in a million years am I betting against Tom Brady. That we know too. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I'll just say this. Betting on Tom Brady and whoever he's playing for has been good to me through the years. 
All right. I like that. I'm happy for you. <laughs> All right. Now we uh, come to our final one, the one that we absolutely care about the most, and that's uh, San Francisco at Green Bay. And the Packers have opened as five and a half point favorites. Uh, I, I like the Packers to cover. In fact, I think they could win big if Bosa doesn't play. I, I think if Bosa is on the sidelines, I think Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and, and company could run roughshod. He is so important to their pass rush, to the run defense. Uh, he, he's just a, a great player. And, uh, you know, he had that concussion, and I'm not so sure he's going to be cleared. Uh, the NFL has been really, really touchy about those things, and understandably so. So um, that's it. I, I'm picking the Packers. Well, Gary, I fully expect Bolsa to be cleared, and, and, and you're, not, you're not wrong. They have been very particular and cautious when it comes to concussions. But you know what, Gary? They had also been doing the same thing with COVID. And, and you know how many players tested positive for COVID last week before the six playoff games? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely zero. What a, what a remarkable medical miracle that was, right, Gary? <laughs> Welcome what do you to- think the odds would have been, Gary, that nobody out of the 1,000 players last weekend playing football would have tested positive for COVID? Boy, what a, what a break. Huh? What a coincidence. So – there's, there's, there's the cynic in me, Gary, <laughs> that, that in, in, in this pandemic outbreak we've had the last three or four weeks of the regular season, somehow it miraculously went away for the playoffs. And, I, and I'm just telling you, when it comes to Boza, they, they, they will go old school Saturday night. He will be on the field. Warner will be on the yeah. field. My biggest question, though, Gary, is what can they deliver, right? You yeah. remember we were doing this a year ago. And we were having the same discussion about Aaron Donald in the divisional round right here, Aaron Donald, can he go, will he go? What will he be able to give him? Well, he played 35, 40 snaps or whatever it was in that football game, Gary. And for people who don't know, Donald's the unbelievably dynamic nose of, of the the LA Rams. Um, Gary Green Bay shut him out. He couldn't get anything done. Um, And and the Packers rolled that night, 32, 18 uh, in the, in that game over the Rams. Gary, this game Saturday night to me is, is, is comes down. It, it's pretty simple. If, if the Packers get ahead two scores, 10, nothing, 13, yeah. nothing, 14, nothing, whatever the game is over. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo cannot bring a football team back. Everything San Francisco does and wants to do is predicated with play, running the ball, uh, grinding clock and playing with a lead Gary, not chasing points and chasing teams. If San Francisco Gary is up in this game, 10, nothing, we're going to have a barn burner. We're, we're going to probably have a field goal late to decide this thing because they will then get to dictate tempo. They will get to c- control clock um, and they will put all the pressure on green Bay. Having said all that, Gary, I think, I think the first scenario is what happens. I think green Bay strikes quickly. I think green Bay gets up. I think they make Garoppolo throw the ball more than the 49ers want to. And I'm going to say 31-20 Green Bay, Gary. Um, and and we're a week from now, we're sitting here talking about Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, part two. And and I, I can't even imagine greater drama than that. Football yeah, game. no. And, and you know what, Rob? It not only would be a showdown between the Packers and the Buccaneers, 
it would be a showdown between Rob Reichel and Gary Wolfel. Because <laughs> we both be. had we both had those teams going to the Super Bowl, so uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Big game there, obviously for Aaron Rodgers. He's never beaten the 49ers in the playoffs. He's 0-3 lifetime against them. Colin, there's, Kaepernick, a, there's always a time uh, for a first, Rob. <laughs> there is, there, there is, but again, you know, kind of to take this thing full circle, we we know with Aaron Rodgers, right? He's a grudge holder. He He's got his little book where he, you know, he, he writes down the people that have wronged him through time, Gary. It's it's his quote unquote list. His, his list is a long one. He he's got grudges with a with, with, with a lot of people and has in, the, in this world, Gary. The you know the colleges that snubbed him uh, coming out of Chico, California. Um, all the teams that bypassed him in the 2005 draft. Um, Brian Gutekunst today, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. Well, his list right now should really only be two. It should, it should read San Francisco, which beat him in the 2019 NFC title game, and it should read Tampa Bay, which beat him in the 2020 NFC title game. And, Gary, if he can get by those two teams, he can kind of change his legacy, which at this point in time, he's, you know, he's just one of 21 guys with one Super Bowl. He's trying to become another one with two Super Bowls. And, and that – that's really what he has to do, Gary, to show up someday on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. He's not there yet. Uh, he can get it done this postseason, and it starts Saturday night, and it's going to be absolutely fascinating viewing. Uh, it's going to be an absolute blast at Lambeau Field on, on Saturday night. I, I, I can't wait, to be honest with you. But this is, uh, like we have talked on numerous occasions, one of the most fascinating seasons, at least in my mind, in, in Packer history. I mean, just just storybook. So uh, for for Packer Nation, you know, I, I certainly hope, you know, the uh, ending to it is is favorable uh, for the Packers. So, well, Gary, just Gary, just think if things do go south for them on Saturday night, yeah, everybody will leave Lambeau Field wondering, is that the last time they have watched Aaron Rodgers put on a Packer uniform? And odds are, the answer would be yes. Um, but that's what we're talking about. You know, it's been, it's been the last dance talk since, since July. And, and here we are, we're, we're to the point in, in the season and, you know, we're to the, we're to the point on, you know, on that dance card now where this very well could be the last dance for, for Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams, this entire cast of characters, you will, you may never see this group together again. Uh, at Lambeau Field after Saturday night if things go south. So there is there is so much on the line, Gary, when these teams take the field at 7-15. It is, uh, I, I, again, it's it, it's going to be unbelievable drama. Well, uh, Professor Reichel, our 101 class on Packers playoff football is over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you uh, for some of your hot takes, uh, that, that Tom Brady one in particular. I'll be thinking of that from now until a Super Bowl. I mean, just absolutely mind blowing. But thanks, Rob, and uh, thanks to all our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Wuffle and WuffelsPressBox.com.